It's time for NRL Supercoach Roundtable Discussion. We go a little bit deeper in our quest for victory. Now, here's your hosts, Holly G, Ryan MS, Peter Hurst, and Andrew Moldock-Molinaroff. Yeah, hello and welcome to the show. It is the Roundtable, Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. And it's been a great week and Ryan MS joining us back this week. How are you, mate? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. And um, just, you know, a bit disappointed, obviously, our team going down by Golden Point. Um, I guess we're not the only ones. The Cowboys Storm game also Golden Point, but it can be heartbreaking, that uh, that, that new method of winning or losing games. Yeah, it certainly can. Um, <laughs> yeah, on a different podcast, we talk about... Um, getting points for losing. <laughs> and Pete joining us, of course, as always. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. My Dragons had a, a win against um, a bit of a, a grind them out sort of win, but um, as I say, always better a, uh, an ugly um, an ugly win than a pretty loss, I reckon. That's very true. That's very true. And I, I'm not, I was going to say that the, uh, the person's uh, team that you beat, uh, Moldog, of course, Andrew, uh, not with us, um, but not because not because he he was beaten and he's licking his wounds. He's actually on holidays for a couple of week there weeks there at Easter times. So he'll be back in a few weeks, but in the meantime, well, we had Oscar on the show last week, Pete. So we, you know, we know we're in capable hands, regardless. But uh, but in the meantime, we'll carry on and uh, and keep things going here on the Supercoach Professionals podcast. Of course, you can find us uh, each and every week. Uh, find us on the website www.supercoachpros.com that's uh, supercoachpros.com and you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at supercoachpros now the great thing with Twitter uh, and we're going to get into a couple of questions that uh, you guys have given us on Twitter shortly but the the other great thing of course is the um, tweets before each game so those late changes that's what it's really critical for that you're following us on twitter for that and obviously if you have any questions because we're going to read out a couple very shortly they're great questions and they're really topical to to this week and and when you talk about um this time of year head-to-head's just begun hopefully you've started one and oh ryan but uh even if you're on one don't panic how's your strategy with your trades have you kept trades up your sleeve are you looking now at where you've, where you've spent them and you might want to start holding back? That, that's the key things, and that's what we'll discuss this week. Um, yeah, strategy on those trades is so, so critical that you don't go too hard too early, isn't it, Ryan, with those trades? No, exactly right. You've just got to uh, bide your time a little bit. Um, yeah, going uh, losing your first game, even losing your first two, uh, you just got to, yeah, just got to bide your time and then strike because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of rounds to go a lot of rounds to go origin time things can really get topsy-turvy the things we're going to discuss in the upcoming weeks of how you plan your side around origin and the best way to sort of get through that and then come out the other side with with your studs ready to go for those finals um but in the meantime you're saying well let's let's hold up hold up on those trades let's keep some for later if you've used up trades in those first few weeks which isn't a bad thing because you get those nice price rises now you're saying maybe we just hold back a bit on the trades. If you've kept them, if you said, you know, I really like my team from round one, I'm going to see how they go for four weeks solid, and then I'm going to make my decision on changes, then you've got that opportunity, maybe a double trade, 
or just at least a single one. And we're going to talk about some of those cheapies very shortly. And um, Pete, I guess the other thing with with the head to head now is that you know you, you're trying to make the the top eight. If if you go, I know, I know that um, this year the, the Supercoach website's given bigger prizes for winning a round or for final finishing yes ideally you want to be right up there in all aspects but at the end of the day you're in a league whether it be a 20-man league a 12-man league or if you're in a draft situation it's all about those head-to-head games and and Pete really you're just looking at managing that team looking at your opposition who you're playing against this week and trying to get those matchups and get that W. Absolutely yeah that's all very well to have the good players in there but yeah you do need to have a look at um at who you're up against, for example, if you've got the, the Bulldogs players who might have been going so well the last few weeks, like uh, Aiden Tolman got a pretty reasonable score the other day, maybe you won't get such a good score up against George and Tom Burgess on, on Friday afternoon, the cracking game that should be. So just yeah. an example of that sort of thing you've got to keep an eye out for. The Rabbitohs, they're actually the hardest team to score Supercoach points against, and they've been pretty consistent at doing that for the last, I think, three years now. They're very hard to score against. And and the reality is is that um, it is a day game, of course, but the Dogs, you know, they may find it a bit harder this week, as you said, Pete, and you're looking at those matchups. And also look who your opposition has got, because, you know, that that's a critical part too. You know, if you think, oh, I've probably got this guy covered, you know, I'll play my more safer players versus, oh, the other team I'm playing, look, they look pretty strong. Maybe I've got to look at my bench. Have I got, you know, one of those risk-reward type players? Do I look at one of my backs as the captain rather than one of my forwards, you know, a guy that has a higher ceiling as opposed to a higher floor? There are some strategies that we start looking into that head-to-head rounds that we're at now. And some of the other teams who haven't been going so well this um, year so far, at least. I know it's not a big sample size yet, but obviously the Cowboys, they're giving up the most Supercoach points at the moment, so that's an interesting fact. The Seagulls and the Titans are, uh, are giving up quite a bit as well. Not as bad as the Cowboys, but still they are around there. The Raiders, of course, as you'd expect, they're near the bottom of the ladder. The Warriors, somewhat surprising, Ryan. The Warriors are actually giving up uh, already over 3,000 points, so that, that, you know, that's a team that you sort of play against. Um, uh, maybe you're thinking, oh, well, my, my team's got a, got a chance against the Warriors. Yeah, look, they're so hot and cold, the Warriors, um, just in general. In general, um, that Yeah, each time um, they have been beaten this year, it's been um, they've been beaten fairly comprehensively, like the first half against the Broncos. They didn't turn up, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, and so yeah, they get a lot of points scored against them, and so, therefore, once points get scored, the metres get made, you know, then line breaks come, and then all those points start to roll up and add up against them. It's uh, it is surprising, but it's uh, it's surprising that they're in that position. But it's not surprising given how they're playing. Team that it is surprising because they're usually in the top three or four as far as giving away the least amount of Supercoach points is the team the Warriors are playing on the weekend, and that's the Melbourne Storm, Pete. Probably um, not, obviously not going as well as as, as they'd like to expect. Um, going recent years, yes, their tries are less tries, but the other areas um, are giving up a lot more points than usual. A little bit uncharacteristic, at least so far. Well, maybe it's possibly to do with what we discussed in, at the beginning of the beginning of the year with the perhaps with the quicker uh, movement around the ruck. Yep. As we know, basically the storm invented the idea of the wrestle and and lying all over the tackle player. So maybe with this slight change in interpretation. It may have affected them just a little bit, I think. And I, maybe perhaps think the, right. the absence of a player like Ryan Hoffman 
Um, so the other thing to remember is is to remove one player from your team can make a, a hell of a difference to the players around him in terms of their points as well. No, I think you're right with that one. In fact, Michael Ennis said it on the NRL 360 show on Fox uh, on Tuesday night. He said that it's the first time he's seen that he can remember that the Storm couldn't slow that play the ball down was the last 10 minutes and in golden point against the Cowboys on Monday night. So it is having an impact. We haven't seen a lot of change in the penalties for it. It's not like we're suddenly seeing 20 penalties a game um, or 20 more penalties a game, but, but there's a definite change in how the referee is calling those players off, making sure that they do all get off immediately and don't hamper or hang around that ruck. And it is affecting, I think, the way the Storm play, both on the field with their wins and losses and also when um, it's supercoach time and supercoach points against. Those harder teams we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, Rabbitohs, of course, the Roosters are very tough as well. But your team, Pete, the Dragons come in third. They're playing that nitty-gritty style of football, aren't they? They're getting teams into arm wrestles and it's making it hard to score supercoach points against them. Yeah, I'll look at Manly, uh, pretty noted attacking team, regarded as one of the best backlines in the business, admittedly a couple of injuries, but uh, they couldn't, they only got across the line for one try in the whole of 80 minutes last week, so yeah, it's a pretty good effort, and if you're up against a defensive unit like that, um, it can make it very hard. It's interesting to see whether that's just going to be a one-off though, um, or whether it's going to continue on for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But it is, well, once been, again, another factor to take into account. They've been solid for all four um, games, at least from um, Supercoach perspective, so I think it's something you start to really look at as a trend and, and be interesting because, Ryan, the Knights centres uh, among the best in the business Supercoach-wise, Dan Gagai, Joseph Lee, are very high floors. They go out to their centres regularly, helping them with those points, but uh, against the Dragons, it might not be quite so easy. No, that's right. It's going to be one of those games like I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, but then uh, Newcastle are surprising everyone, to be honest, mm. this year um, in the way they're playing. Um, something I did notice was that um, Jared Mullen is uh, running a hell of a lot more uh, than he ha- than he has prior. Um, and it's, it's not more um, in terms of quality, sorry, quantity, but more in terms of quality, um, certainly picking his times and really going hard at the line uh, when he does. And it's going to be one of those uh, things where, well, basically the um, the back rowers that are standing beside uh, Benji and um, Gareth Widdop are certainly going to have their hands full uh, with uh, those guys coming towards them. Yeah, Benji admitted on, again on that NRL 360 shade. Rather have his back rowers helping him out in defence and running out of the line trying to knock out the Jared Mullins of the world. More in reference to the fact that the Knights have, uh, I think the, their new by Tarek Sims has already said, I'm I'm going to knock Benji out. So uh, he said that I could work against <laughs> Coming you. Coming back after a five-game suspension. <laughs> uh, let's get to those... Um, Tweets now, of course, at Supercoach Pro, Supercoach P R O S. A couple of great tweets for this week, and um, we'll start with uh, Jono at, at Jono underscore N E L S E zero six. He's thinking about this week's trade options. So we talked a little bit about trade strategy at the start of the show, and the question he's asking is for this week's trade options with a dearth of cheapies. Do you think two cheapies or one cheapie and a gun? And then he's got in brackets Parker or Gal. So I guess I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, the, the, we'll go with the assumption of, of 
you've kept a couple of trades in your back pocket. Because if you're already down to 34 remaining, then maybe you're thinking, now I need to start going one per week. I can't go too crazy with this. But if you haven't used all your trades to this point and you're thinking, oh, it's a good week, there's a lot of options and you want to make that double trade, yes, cheapies are always good. We've got different different options there that we'll get into shortly. Um, but generally at this time of year, you want players you can plug into your starting 13, I would think. Yeah, I would 100% um, go the one cheapie and a gun, like definitely. Um, the fact that it's a cheapie means you're spending the minimum amount um, and your gun is, well, look, you know, 90% of the time he's getting you uh, he's getting you good points. And so in your cheapie may, 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 may do the business uh, a la John Flower last week. Um, so, yeah, my, my opinion, definitely a cheapie and a gun is the way to go. Pete, if we're looking at that gun player, if you say that maybe you've kept a little bit of money in your back pocket with your salary and you've got enough to spend that you can kind of rejig your lineup and you can spend, you know, an, enough to get, get a big name, it, is Corey Parker returned to form now or is there still a downside to him? Is it Paul Gallen who's been a bit up and down or is it someone who's started the season poorly like a Jonathan Thurston and suddenly come good? Personally, I'd look at Corey Parker. Um, he's been very good, as we know, in fantasy footy the last few years. Um, he scored very well again on the weekend. As I said, he may not be playing the 80 minutes, but you're going to get value out of him every week. Um, some of the young blokes are the cheapies that you buy. That might be good for a little while, um, and then when they um, they might go off for a few weeks in place of an injured player, etc., and then when the the regular first grader comes back, Allah, I'm thinking of George Jennings here, uh, went well for a couple of weeks and then he gets replaced again. You, you're stuck with him, so you have to trade him out again. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very much in agreement with Ryan on that. It's one gun and one cheap. You're really looking at players that are going to go long, longer term for you. So that cheapy, even that cheapy at this time of year, you're probably thinking, which cheapy can I get the most out of for the year? And that leads us to our next... Um, Twitter question by um, MitchPool01, or at MitchPool01, and he's asking, Ryan, discuss, uh, asking us if we could discuss which two of the three big cheapies, Aitken, Lovett and Falau, to bring in there this week. Um, well, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I had a look at all three of them. All three of them are baseline, um, 113, 800. Um, and I had a quick look, and Lovett, and Flower are the guys I would pick um, purely for the uh, points per minute that they put up. Um, Lovett is at the, currently putting up a 1.18 points per minute, uh, where Flower is um, 1.01 points per minute. Um, they're a fair bit ahead of um, Aiken, who's um, 0.59 uh, points per minute. So I would pick um, out of those three, definitely Lovett and Flower if, you, if you're going to go... Uh, you know, bring in bring in two uh, two cheapies who are well. They're not destined to score high, but they're certainly um, they're certainly there's a there's a certain degree of expectation. And Pete, you know, we just talked about maybe sticking with one, but if you did keep your trades from the last, you know, have only used a couple for the year so far, you could you could go for those two cheapies. Uh, is your is the player for your team the Dragons? You and Nate can. 
a consideration or is it definitely sort of Falau and love it? I think it's important to remember that, um, well, I largely I agree with Ryan that there's in consideration that, that Aitken's only played a couple of games um, and he nearly scored on his debut against Canberra and went very, very close to scoring again last week. So, you know, if he scores each of those tries, then, you know, it's going to put his value up a little bit more. Um I think, personally, I think he's he's a good buy. I think he's going to be around there for a while. Uh, general consensus amongst a few leaguey experts that he's... Um, I think he'll hold down a spot in the Dragons. And this is one thing I was just talking about um, for a long term because of the um, indiscretion by Dane Nielsen, the guy he replaced for the Canberra game. Mm. I think that Aitken is, is going to be there, touch wood barring injury, for pretty much the rest of the season. Because uh, the Dragons' depth is is not great in that in that in their squad in that area, so I I would definitely consider him as 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 one of the players as as, as well as just the other two. So it's not just a matter of, of what they've scored now, but what their potential is for the for the future. I, I wanted to read the two tweets together because they they you can answer them both with you know along the same lines. And uh, what what's good to look at too is is you know you've got. If, if you if you are going to maximise use both trades this week, both trades next week, let's say trying to bring these guys in um, and and reinvent your your lineup potentially, you're looking at that longer term output. Now the first thing you can look at is if you definitely decided, yeah, I want to bring these guys in, who's going to score you more in the following week? Now John Falau went small game, big game, which means that regardless of what happens this week, he's going to get a, a bump the week following. So for me, Falau immediately becomes a, okay, let's wait one more week because there's just so many good players to choose from this week and I can't fit them, I can't get them all. Falau, in fact, is projected to go up at a higher rate the following week than he is this week. Obviously, if you listen to us on the show before we... uh, before the season started, you might have Aitken already, Pete, but not, that not being the case, then you've got that second option to, to pick him up. Now, Kyle Levitt, Kyle Lovett, in one sense, is the wild card. Ryan, we, we said after game one, we said, this guy looks like the real deal. He plays 80 minutes, and the only knock on him is the fact that he sometimes has to go out in the, on, in the centres if the Tigers suffer an injury. But it looks like Jesse Sue's been outstanding. In, um, he's really improved. But he's made way for Lovett. That's how good Kyle Lovett has been um, for the Tigers. Now, he has the highest price rise change, or projected price rise change. And for mine, barring injury, I think he turns into a regular for the Tigers' lineup. It's not like they've got a host of injuries where they're going to come back next week, where Parramatta do. They're, they're really out of sorts at the moment. And that hurts Falau in two ways. It hurts him that he's not going to have the... He might not have the ball players inside him to help him create opportunities. And it, it hurts him that in a few weeks, the George Jennings scenario where everyone comes back and, and Falau, you know, moves back out of the lineup. I think Pete's right about you and Aitken. I think he's definitely going to stay in. He gets his biggest price rise this week. It's a big consideration. But Aitken's ceiling is lower than Falau and even love it. So that, those are the things you're looking at. And that's when you go back to Jono's tweet about, oh, I'd rather maybe have a gun. Tohu Harris is projected to make almost as much money as John Folau this week. Yes, he won't go much higher than that again, but it's a nice bump. 377000 he's going to go up over the 400000 more than not likely. He could be your gun that also makes you a similar amount of money. 
Um, and the only other guy you would mention who's not quite as cheap as those three, but Pete, we did want to talk about him, is Jared Wallace. He's fifth in line as far as projected price rises, and he could be an interesting one. He's coming off the bench for Brisbane. They don't get a lot of minutes. Bennett doesn't give a lot of minutes to their bench, but he he does look like he's, he's getting regular, decent scores, a nice high floor. Another one you might say, I don't have the money for a, for, for a gun and a cheapie, but maybe I can pinch someone that's going to turn into that longer-term outlook at slightly higher than cheapy price. You watched Jared Wallace pretty closely the last couple of weeks. What do you think about him? I thought his game against the Warriors the other day was pretty outstanding, actually. Um, came on at the 25, 26-minute mark. Um, Bennett, yeah, just sort of kept him out of the start. Um, kept him sitting on the bench with um, Sam Thiday. Um Yeah, he came on and just pl- and played the rest of the game. Um, and played extremely well. Is a big, big unit. Um, takes some hell of a stopping as the Warriors will test. I think there was three hanging off him when he scored the scored a try there for the Broncos in the first half. And personally, I think he's he's close to to being a must-have. He's great value. Um, and you can and particularly as you said with Origin down the track, this bloke's not going to get selected for Origin. He's got half a dozen in front of him for, for Queensland, but. He'll be there for the rest of the year, I think, and um, we'll get more and more minutes as time goes on. Well, Mitch and Jono, I hope that we've, we've we've certainly given you some options. I think we're all we're all going in slightly different directions, but there's also those couple of other players as well that you might want to consider and, and and mix and match if you have the trades. If you've already used six trades, I think you're just looking at one. Choose one cheapie, and then you're really looking at your lineup. Do you go for that big time play like a Falau? Do you go for the guy that? that could go large in any week and has a long-term value in Aiken, or do you go that sort of high floor, that Kyle Lovett, it looks like he's probably going to play the season out and get decent minutes and, and you're going to keep him in your side. And then if you are, do have time for the two, the Jared Wallace's, the Tohu Harris's. Um, speaking of Brisbane, um, a guy that's getting a lot of buzz at the moment that could you should immediately put on your watch list is another bench player pick for this week, Mitch Garbett. Now, Ryan, he's come from, from the storm, and um, he's got big raps on him. Bellamy didn't want to lose him, but Bennett's managed to pinch him. And uh, I guess the Broncos bench hasn't been that sort of potent, um, with the exception of, of Wallace and, and, and either Tyday or, or before that it was um, Gillette on the bench. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares this week. Yeah, it certainly will. Um, look, I think he's a pretty good option if you're looking for someone at this stage. Um I, he's, he's a pretty good, pretty decent player. Um, look, he's and he's also in that Broncos uh, scheme. He's not. I've noticed that their bench doesn't get a hell of a lot, uh, apart from the uh, players you mentioned just previously. They don't get a hell of a lot of minutes, um, but they certainly. I, I think their edict is okay. Work your butt off for the thirty you know, 30 to 35 minutes that you're going to get for the game every time you're out there. You're, you know, you're going at 110%. Um, and that way that might give him that, um, that points per minute boost. So, yeah, okay, well, he's only, paying, he's only playing, you know, 30 minutes, but he's putting up, you know, 35, 45 points. So that's a consideration you have to take in if you're thinking about that kind of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes this week. Obviously, just stick him on your watch list for for, for this round because he's, even if he has a good game, his price rate won't rise for three games. But 
it is interesting how Bennett uses his bench and, and there could be an opportunity there for sure. Uh, I wanted to ask both of you guys. I'll start with you first, Pete. Um, Mitch Cornish is the is the most uh, owned player in Supercoach and he's been dropped by Ricky Stewart despite two really good weeks. Um, you know, what what do we make of that? And, and is he going to come back or is it time to, you know, quit while, while you're ahead, Supercoach-wise, you made some money and, and now look elsewhere? I was a little bit surprised when you revealed that to me that actually that he was the... Um the most owned player. Um, it, it wasn't one that would, would strike me particularly as, a, as, the, as the number one player to go after. Obviously, people thought he was good value. Um, but the important thing is that Ricky Stewart obviously doesn't think too much of him at the moment because he's definitely not injured. He's not in the injured list. Uh, they just come off a flogging against the Roosters. Um, he didn't even play that Stewart. badly in that game. That was the surprising thing. He actually mm. did well super coach wise He got over 50. Um and there were far worse players anyway. They targeted the other side more heavily in, in as far as defence is concerned. So I was a bit surprised. Yeah, well, yeah, I said some were surprised, but, um, oh, gee, I don't know. I, I like Sam Williams as a halfback. Like, Ricky Stewart has a reputation for going through halfbacks. I know he, he had a fallout with Kamali when he was at Cronulla, and I don't think he was the only one. Um I don't know. I'd give it a couple of weeks and hang on to him, I think, because you just don't know with Sam Williams. He's been a little bit up and down in and out of first grade previously. So, and he's the replacement this week. I'd, I think I'd just hang on to Cornish just for a couple of weeks and and just bide your time a little bit with him because he may well, he may well be back uh, very soon. I'd, I don't know. Ricky Stewart may well be tempted to change again, I think. Ryan, um, do you just keep Cornish on your bench, he's made you a little bit of money and just wait and see, or or do you say, well, I could, I, I've got to get rid of someone, I've got a pretty good team and Cornish could be the guy. Well, look, I think that Cornish will probably get another shot this year. Mm, um, surely. Look, you'd imagine so. Look, put it this way, his price isn't going to go down um, where he, you know, if he's currently yep. not playing yep. in the top side, it's not going to go up, obviously, either. But, um, yeah, it might be worth just hang on to him, have a look at how Sam Williams goes. If Sam Williams is dominating, then, yeah, well, then you've got no choice. You go, well, he's not going to get another look in. Um, and then you get rid of him for the tiny little bit of profit that you've made from him. Yeah, you've made, um, 40, made 48,000, so it's not horrible. But, but like you say, it's not going down while he doesn't play. So you can afford to just keep him on your bench and, and that money will still stay with you. Yeah, definitely one of those things. Just hang on to him and have a look. Um, and, yeah, whatever you see. And if you don't like it, then, yeah, dump him. It's very interesting. I, like I said to Pete just before, it was a bit of a shock that he, he was dropped. I thought he was moving in the right direction. But um, we don't know what's surrounding. We don't know what's going on in down there in the nation's capital behind the scenes. So there could be other sides to it that we'll keep following. I mean... Ryan's a man on the pulse down there, so uh, you'll keep following. If we get you the inside info, you'll be the first to know either on the podcast or via Twitter at, at Supercoach Pros. So that's about it for the Supercoach Roundtable or Supercoach Pros Roundtable uh, discussion for this week. Make sure you download on iTunes. Uh, look at us on the website, www.supercoachpros.com. And as I said just before, follow us on Twitter. Thanks, Pete. We'll talk to you next week. 
Always a pleasure. Looking forward to your Pete's Profits blog too on the website. And Ryan, we'll talk to you for the uh, review show on the weekend. That you will. Happy Easter, everyone, and good luck with your super catch. Bye now.